Section 2 The Twofold Character of the Labor Embodied in Commodities At first sight, a commodity presented itself to us as a complex of two things use value and exchange value. Later on, we saw also that labor, too, possesses the same twofold nature. For, so far as it finds expression in value, it does not possess the same characteristics that belong to it as a creator of use values. I was the first to point out and to examine critically this twofold nature of the labor contained in commodities. As this point is the pivot on which a clear comprehension of political economy turns, we must go more into detail. Let us take two commodities such as a coat and ten yards of linen and let the former be double the value of the latter, so that if ten yards of linen is equal to W, the coat is equal to 2W. The coat is a use value that satisfies a particular want. Its existence is the result of a special sort of productive activity, the nature of which is determined by its aim, mode of operation, subject, means and result. The labor, whose utility is thus represented by the value in use of its product, or which manifests itself by making its product a use value, we call useful labor. In this connection, we consider only its useful effect. As the coat and the linen are two qualitatively different use values, so also are the two forms of labor that produce them tailoring and weaving. Were these two objects not qualitatively different, not produced respectively by labor of different quality, they could not stand to each other in the relation of commodities. Coats are not exchanged for coats. One use value is not exchanged for another of the same kind. To all the different varieties of values in use, there correspond as many different kinds of useful labor classified according to the order, genus, species and variety to which they belong in the social division of labor. This division of labor is a necessary condition for the production of commodities, but it does not follow conversely that the production of the commodities is a necessary condition for the division of labor. In the primitive Indian community, there is a social division of labor without production of commodities. Or, to take an example nearer home, in every factory the labor is divided according to a system, but this division is not brought about by the operatives mutually exchanging their individual products. Only such products can become commodities with regard to each other as a result from different kinds of labor, each kind being carried on independently and for the account of private individuals. <clears throat> to resume, then, in the use value of each commodity, there contained useful labor, that is, 
productive activity of a definite kind and exercised with a definite aim. Use values cannot confront each other as commodities unless the useful labor embodied in them is qualitatively different in each of them. In a community, the produce of which in general takes the form of commodities, that is, in a community of commodity producers, this qualitative difference between the useful forms of labor that are carried on independently by individual producers, each on their own account, develops into a complex system, a social division of labor. Anyhow, whether the coat be worn by the tailor or by his customer, in either case it operates as a use value. Nor is the relation between the coat and the labor that produced it altered by the circumstance that tailoring may have become a special trade, an independent branch of the social division of labor. Whether the want of clothing force them to it, the human race made clothes for thousands of years without a single man becoming a tailor. But coats and linen, like every other element of material wealth that is not the spontaneous produce of nature, must invariably owe their existence to a special productive activity exercised with a definite aim, an activity that appropriates particular nature-given materials to a particular human want. So far, therefore, as labor is a creator of use value, is useful labor, it is a necessary condition independent of all forms of society for the existence of the human race. It is an eternal nature-imposed necessity without which there can be no material exchanges, exchanges between man and nature and therefore no life. The use values, coat, linen, etc., that is, the bodies of commodities are combinations of two elements, matter and labor. If we take away the useful labor expended upon them, a material substratum is always left, which is furnished by nature without the help of man. The latter can work only as nature does, that is, by changing the form of matter. Namor, in this work of changing the form, he is constantly helped by natural forces. We see, then, that labor is not the only source of material wealth, of use values produced by labor. As William Petty puts it, labor is its father and the earth its mother. Let us now pass from the commodity considered as a use value to the value of commodities. By our assumption, the coat is worth twice as much as the linen. But this is a mere quantitative difference, which for the present does not concern us. We bear in mind, however, that if the value of the coat is double that of 10 yards of linen, 20 yards of linen must have the same value as one coat. So far as they are values, the coat and the linen are things of a like substance, objective expressions of the essentially identical labor. 
but tailoring and weaving are qualitatively different kinds of labor. There are, however, states of society in which one and the same man does tailoring and weaving alternately, alternately, in which case these two forms of labor are mere modifications of the labor of the same individual and not special and fixed functions of different persons, just as the just as the coat which our tailor makes one day and the trousers which he makes another day imply only a variation in the labor of one and the same individual. Moreover, we see at a glance that in our capitalist society, a given proportion of human labor is, in accordance with the varying demand, at one time supplied in the form of tailoring, at another in the form of weaving. This change may possibly this change may possibly not take place without friction but take place it must productive activity if we leave out of sight its special form that is the useful character of the labor is nothing but the expenditure of human labor power may i repeat productive activity is the useful character of the labor it's and the expenditure of human labor power. Tailoring and weaving, though qualitatively different productive activities, are each a productive expenditure of human brains, nerves and muscles and in this sense are human labor. They are put two different kind, uh, they are but two different modes of expending human labor power. Of course, this labor power which remains the same under all its modifications must have attained a certain pitch of development before it can be expanded in a multiplicity of modes. But the value of a commodity represents human labor in the abstract, the expenditure of human labor in general. And just as in society, a general or a banker plays a great part, but mere man, on the other hand, a very shabby part, so here with mere human labor. It is the expenditure of simple labor power, that is, of the labor power which on an average, apart from any special development, exists in the organism of every individual, every ordinary individual. Italix, simple average labor. This is true varies in character in different countries and at different times, but in a particular society it is given. Skilled labor counts only as simple labor intensified or rather as multiplied simple labor or given quantity of skilled being considered equal to a greater quantity of simple labor. Experience shows that this reduction is constantly being made. <coughs> A commodity may be the product of the most skilled labor, but its value by equating it to the product of simple unskilled labor represents a definite quantity of the latter labor alone. The different proportions in which different sorts of labor are reduced to unskilled labor as their standard are established by a social process that goes on behind the backs of the producers and consequently appear to be fixed by custom. For, simplic for simplicity's sake, 
we shall henceforth account every kind of labor to be unskilled simple labor by this we do no more than save ourselves the trouble of making the deduction just as therefore in viewing the coat and linen as values we abstract from their different use values so it is with the labor represented by those values we disregard the difference between its useful forms weaving and tailoring as the use values coat and linen are combinations of special productive activities with cloth and yarn while the values coat and linen are on the other hand mere homogeneous congelations of undifferentiated labor so the labor embodied in these latter values does not count by virtue of its productive relation to cloth and yarn but only as being expenditure of human labor power tailoring and weaving are necessarily factors in the creation of use values coat and linen precisely because these two kinds of labor are of different qualities but only in so far as abstraction is made from their special qualities only in so far as both possess the same quality of being human labor do tailoring and weaving form the substance of the values of the same articles coats and linen however are not merely values but values of definite magnitude and according to our assumption the coat is worth twice as much as the 10 yards of linen whence this difference in their values it is owing to the fact that the linen contains only half as much labor as the coat and consequently that in the production of the latter labor power must have been expended during twice the twice the time necessary for the production of the former while therefore with ref- while therefore with reference to use value the labor contained in a commodity counts only qualitatively with reference to value it counts only quant- quantitatively and must first be reduced to human labor pure and simple in the former case it is a question of how and what in the latter of how much how long a time since the magnitude of the value of a commodity represents only the quantity of labor embodied in it it follows that all commodities when taken in certain proportions must be equal in value if the productive power of all the different sorts of useful labor required for the production of a coat remains unchanged the sum of the values of the coats produced increases with their number if one coat represents x days labor two coats represent 2x days labor and so on but assume that the duration of the labor necessary for the production of a coat becomes doubled or halved in the first case one coat is worth as much as two coats were before in the second case two coats are only worth as much as one was before although in both cases one coat renders the same service as before and the useful labor embodied in it remains of the same quality 
but the quality of labor spent on its production has altered. An increase in the quantity of use values is an increase of material wealth. With two coats, two men can be closed. With one coat, only one man. Nevertheless, an increased quantity of material wealth may correspond to a simultaneous fall in the magnitude of its value. This antagonistic movement has its origin in the twofold character of labor. <clears throat> Productive power has reference, of course, only to labor of some useful concrete form, the efficacy of any special productive activity during a given time being dependent on its productiveness. Useful labor becomes, therefore, a more or less abundant source of products in proportion to the rise or fall of its productiveness. On the other hand, no change in this productiveness affects the labor represented by value. Since productive power is an attribute of the concrete useful forms of labor, of course it can no longer have any bearing on that labor so soon as we make abstraction from those concrete useful forms. However, then productive power may vary the same labor exercised during equal periods of time always yields equal amounts of value. But it will yield during equal periods of time different quantities of values in use, more if the productive power rise, fewer if it fall. The same change in productive power which increases the fruitfulness of labor and in consequence the quantity of use values produced by that labor will diminish the total value of this increased quantity of use values provided such change shorten the sh provided such change shorten the total labor time necessary for their production and vice versa. On the one hand, all labor is speaking physiologically an expenditure of human labor power and its character of identic identical abstract human labor, it creates and forms the value of commodities. On the other hand, all labor is the expenditure of human labor power in a special form and with a definite aim and in this, its character of concrete useful labor, it produces use values.